banter. Today, we ha- are going to be talking about some fitness-related things. So we have myself, Cassidy, and my dad, and we are both have a lot of knowledge from experience and research of doing different things. But for this episode, we also have my husband, Cole, and he offers us, I think, a little more credibility, maybe. Uh, he has a, a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. He's worked several years in the rehab and physical therapy kind of realm and is now um, beginning nursing school here shortly, as well as being very physically fit himself. Glad to join the podcast and get in on some of this banter. Well, I don't know where you want to begin, maybe share a little bit. Dad, you had a lot of different styles, so you kind of started in the bodybuilding era but have changed in your styles of workouts and lifting. Um, I have done more lifting at times was when I was in college playing softball and then transitioned into more of a running style of working out. And now, as you mentioned in the last podcast, I'm a marathoner. Yeah, I started working out back in the, I guess, probably mid 80s, uh, later 80s. Uh, I was in the Navy at the time and and flying, and it was something that was recommended. I, I had always been a runner since high school, ran cross country, did as much as a half marathon while I was in, in, in uh, air crew school, and that was enough for me. 10K is kind of was my butter zone. When I was in good shape, I could run a 38 to 39 minute 10K if I was in really good shape. So um, that was really what was, you know, what was best for me. And then when I started flying, the Navy was um, really promoting weight training as a way to combat against pulling G's that you could, you know, to flex and, and keep the blood up uh, as opposed to all pulling in your feet when you're pulling a couple of G's. So that was something I started doing and, and uh, went to a command where I, I met uh, a guy that, you know, in the command and he was he was doing weight training and stuff. And so we just started going to the gym together and I found that I really liked it. So over about a three-year period, I went from like a 160 pound runner to a 212 pound bodybuilder and uh, just ate like, you know, six meals a day. And I ate so much tuna until uh, I probably smelled like tuna when I sweat. You still eat a ton of tuna. Because back, nothing compared to what I used to eat. I mean, nothing. Literally, I would eat like probably three cans of tuna a day. Okay, as someone who grew up watching you just crack open a can of tuna and eat it with some pretzels, that thinking that you used to eat way more is mind-blowing. I'm surprised you didn't get any type of mercury uh, poison or anything like that. Yeah, I guess it was good. I guess it was good tuna. Quality tuna. Yeah. um, Tuna in water. The thing was, back in that day, it wasn't... um, there, the protein supplements and stuff were not of high quality. Mm-hmm. And so they were really high, they were high calorie, high in fat. And when I did try to use them, I, I just felt bloated and bulky. And so I just got completely away from that and went and just went with the, the tuna, the high pro because tuna was so one can of tuna was like 47 grams of protein, you know, just like 140 calories. It was just really, and almost no fat. And so that was just kind of my go-to, but I, I continued to run, you know, for the cardio part of it, but, but not like I had before. So yeah, I mean, that's where it all started. And today, you know, I'm still working out. I still basically do uh, weight training. I am a believer in weight training after 35 years. I am a believer in weight training for me over almost any other kind of uh, fitness training. I just, 
think it gives you so many different aspects of what it is that you're looking for. So that's where I'm at. And I, I have two basic principles that I would tell anybody if you're going to do it. It's, it's really simple uh, in this. Always, always remember, anything is better than nothing. Just yeah. do something and have some kind of routine you know, to where you're doing it regularly. And the other thing is don't get too obsessed about that end goal because, you know, as I like to say, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't built in a day. Everybody- We don't talk about him anymore. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Everybody's pretty cool. I always found in the gyms where everybody that's in there, that's all big and buff and fit and all that. You know what? They started where you did and, and they're not there. They don't judge. They're not there to criticize. They started where you did and they just stayed at it. And the other big thing is nutrition. You know, as far as if you want to do manage your weight, then it's all it's it's 80 percent about what you eat. It's not about the workout. I want to discuss them. Separately. Preface. If you came here looking for how to get motivated, you came to the wrong spot because we are not well, especially my, especially dad and I are not the people who've ever struggled with getting motivated to work out. We tend more, way more towards overtraining uh, and struggle with that. Cole, on the other hand, he's has a much healthier relationship, I would say, with being able to exercise a, a good amount and not stress out about missing days. Uh, but I also wanted to point out, or you saying you still weight train, um, for anyone that doesn't know, you are just under two weeks away from being 62 two, two weeks from today yeah so 62 and he is the fittest 62 year old that i know that's for sure age is but a number right uh no <laughs> starting to feel it I'm starting feel to feel it, it. no I, the other part of that i would say is uh you just have to decide you can do it i mean you adjust over time for my age i mean i have issues with arthritis. Uh, I have a torn labrum in my left shoulder and torn rotator cuff in my right shoulder. Pop something, you know, tendonitis or something in my el- in both my elbows. And I have an artificial heart valve because I was born with a, a, an improperly formed heart valve that finally was replaced about a year and a half ago. Don't, don't, I don't want to hear excuses, okay? You just find out how to make it work. There are ways to do it. But I think one thing I thought about as far as a motivating piece is What's your reasoning for wanting to do it? And not just the general, oh, I want to get healthier and better shape, but why, why do you want to be in better shape? Is it to be around longer for your kids? That's going to be a better motivator than just the general, I want to look good. Um, so if you're really wanting to get a routine set helps some people, for me, it's a total competitive thing. I actually work out better on my own. So some people need a partner to motivate them and it's a camaraderie or to be competitive with, I am competitive with myself. So just that idea of how, how far can I get? Can I push new goals um, and new boundaries? In my early days, it was really critical to have somebody that I was going to the gym with Uh, that helped tremendously. But now I've been training on my own for so long because we have, you know, set up a gym in our house. Um, I, I don't know if I could work somebody else into my routine because my routine moves very quickly because I want to keep the pace up because I want the cardio aspect. And maybe Cole can speak to this. Um, but it's my understanding over the years of everything I've ever read, nothing has ever contradicted this, that you're going to elevate your heart rate in these short bursts. And as long as you don't take long breaks in between, but you keep these short bursts of elevating your heart, you, you get almost a comparable cardio conditioning as if you were to go out and run. And so I moved from my, I moved from my uh, lifting 
Um, like today I did chest, triceps, and I always do abs and calves. So I went straight from my bench right down onto the floor. And whether it was, uh, you know, flutter kicks or, you know, today, today it was more of stuff on the floor. Other days I do things for my core that I'm standing, you know, things like that. But I move right, I move right from the lift, right to the, right to the abs. And so it keeps my heart rate up. And then I take, you know, my minute to minute and 15 seconds and I'm back on the bench. Yeah. Um, speaking to that, Randy, I think there's a couple of points that I want to make on some of the things you guys talked about. First off, I'll address that one. I think you are 100% correct through your experience that that is proven to work. And some of the physiology behind that is keeping your heart rate in an elevated spot um, allows for maximum calorie burnage um, or um, utilization. And there's actually an interesting concept when it comes to your different nutrient utilization at certain aerobic capacities or like a VO2 max or uh, your volume of oxygen that you're using. So uh, with that crossover concept, if you are around like 60 to 70% of your aerobic capacity, that is uh, the point when carb and uh, fat utilization is equal. And so you can talk a little bit more even on like what your goal is. Like if you're trying to lose fat, if you're actually trying to gain some sort of performance advantage and where you want to work within that range. You'd actually want to trade at different heart rates for different. Yes. Yeah. So your body utilizes substrates differently at different aerobic intensities. And then the other thing I wanted to point out that you mentioned is the intensity level, but correlating that with your rest break, you said you kind of take about a, a minute rest break in between some of your, your sets. Um, that is something that's really intelligent to do because if another aspect of exercise is looking at the different energy systems within your body. So you have three main energy systems and utilizing those well means that you have to look at the time that you're taking in between each um, repetition of exercise or set or the um, length of time that you're actually performing the exercise for. And that will correlate to which energy system you use the most and which ones you tap into and then also which ones you eventually exhaust during that time period. Yeah, and um, that rest period, uh, taking that break, without doing the core exercise in between, let's say today of bench, of, of, of my, you know, using my pecs, I would take a minute and 45 to two minute break between sets on the bench. But because I, I've used my pec and then I get on, and then get on the floor and, and do some floor kicks or whatever. Then I only give myself like a minute because I, that, that pec muscle has rested some while I was on the floor doing, you know, doing the abs. So that idea was one thing I wanted to talk about what is called supersetting, where you take two exercises of two different muscle groups and you are doing your sets. So say I'm doing five sets of each, I'll do you know, one set of the bench and then immediately to a set of the core and then back and forth. And the idea being that you don't need your, while you're doing one, you're resting the other. Right. And what I learned over the years was I used to wait and do core at the end of my, you know, lifting routine. But what I found from that was, is I had really lost motivation to do core. So I didn't do it as well. I didn't do it as much by, by, by working it into ev literally in between every set throughout my workout, then I don't have that motivation issue. I get to the end of my lifting routine and I'm done. I don't have to say, I oh, agree. now I got to do core. 
I do the same thing and I used to do core at the end and it was, and I don't normally have motivation issues, but I would get really tired of doing core every day at the end and yeah. I mix it in now and it's, it's a lot better. It's better. And I do, and I, and I end up doing more. Um, yeah. The other thing I want to go back to what Cole was saying about the, the burning of carbs and protein. I think that to illustrate that point, you see a lot of people who do just cardio. They'll just go out and run or they'll just get on the elliptical or whatever. That's, that's what they do. And they want to lose weight and they want to get rid of fat and they don't to the level that they want to, because all they do is they get on that elliptical and they just get in that butter zone of their heart rate and they stay there for, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes, or whatever, and it never changes. That's just where they're at. And so it doesn't end up, and you'll find these people there, they, they got this roll of fat around their middle, even though they're doing all these, this cardio every day. And I think that that's one of the advantages of the weightlifting. Yeah. I am not, you know, an elite runner by any means, but I'm definitely no, a lot of having run a marathon and I read a lot, I listen to podcasts, follow a lot of things and everything, anywhere you look, if you want to improve your running, there's cross training involved. There is, you know, at least a couple of days of weight training in some way. And also if you are really a runner and doing mainly cardio, it's also varying things. So not spending the entire, like there are some runs that I'm, you know, doing a steady, just good cardio rate that keeps my heart rate in that, um, under that like 60 to 80% range. But then there are other days that my training at today, I ran sprints. So you're going to, you know, bring your heart rate higher than that. And then you're going to bring it down. And, um, that probably helps as well. Also, if you're running long and this probably I'm guessing would be true for doing cardio on a elliptical as well, but I know on a long run, I, if I'm going to run more than a half marathon, distance, which is crazy, but I do on the regular, uh, I will take carbs to consume on the run, but I actually don't want to consume them like wait until I've already exhausted my stores to consume them. You actually want to start consuming them earlier because at some point your body will stop being able to digest it and process it. So I don't know how that affects also that burning idea as well. I can speak to that a little bit. When you're doing a long run, the utilization of like a carb or some type of uh, glucose would be helpful because like Cassie's, she's even alluding to it, yet she doesn't know some of like that maybe necessarily the science behind it is one of the things I left out in my initial explanation was you also have glucose that's circulating in your blood. Um, you also have glucose stores that are just in your body, but not in those other organs that you can pull from. And so by eating that amount of carbs during your run, you, your body will utilize the, glu the glucose that's already in your blood because it's not in the form of glycogen and it'll utilize that. And that will prevent the depletion of the glycogen that's in your muscles and liver. So it gives you that lasting effect. And so that's when you actually start getting some of that fatigue is because you're hitting your, your storage depletion and what you guys are talking about in terms of training also, uh, you have to think about uh, as you exercise more and Randy was kind of speaking. Your to body becomes bit. more efficient. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes more efficient. And over time you, you just get better. So that's like that person that starts off in the gym. And you're like, how do I get to that point? It's like, it's just a progression and your body gets better at doing the same exercises continually. So 
also speaking to your point of the cross training, kind of throwing it a curveball here and there, it's a good thing. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of theory, and for most people, if they want to continue to make progress over time with, say, weight training, you do need to bring in some level of what they up. call muscle muscle confusion. Don't just do the same routine and the same lifts over and over and over. Now, I've never done uh, a steroid in my life, but guys that are on are on the juice, they can do the same routine over and over and over, and they're going to get they're going to get success. They're going to get progress. Um, but that's going to get the, really angry. Yeah. It's all, it's not the same thing. You get a really big head too. Uh, yeah. You get a few things that happen to you. That <laughs> we don't need to go into the, I'm curious, uh, Cassidy, what do you, what, what do you take for carbs on your run? There are a lot of products already done. So a lot of people do gels, energy gels they make for different companies, um, choose energy choose. And then I just do the powdered carbohydrates. So it's not like it's good, enjoyable, like, yeah, um, it's literally just like powdered carbs and I mix it in a water. You can do your own different. Some people say, you know, split like half apple juice water mix even can work. Um, but really it's just, you need to figure out what works because some stuff will upset some people's stomachs so like the apple juice probably wouldn't work for me because i know drinking apple juice and that was random (laughs) no one ever calls you guys (laughs) um but drinking apple juice can upset my stomach so i think that that would be a bad idea for me so different stuff for different people some people you know the fruit the bananas are carbs heavy but yeah i just yeah use I, I would think a drink. banana would feel kind of heavy in my stomach and the apple juice definitely wouldn't yeah. be you good. also have so to I think was... about if you're running a race or if you're running run a route by your house where you can like pick it up how are you going to do it how are you going to carry it i have like handheld water bottle and then a, a waist belt that holds another one so they're both 18 ounces and i generally put like electrolytes in one and the carbs in the other yeah, and you are right that over time you're going to hit a point to where even if you're putting something into your stomach, you're not going to end up being able to use it. Yeah. Because your all of your muscles are demanding so much blood and oxygen, you're not going to be digesting what's in your stomach. There's you know no resources left to to do that because it's going everywhere else. So you have to learn when's the right time to eat and how often. Yeah. Right. I I just think for me, going back to the weight training issue over just people who just do plain old cardio to get the look, if you're going for a look, you you asked me earlier about why I got into it. The one, yeah, it was, it was the Navy thing. That was kind of what they were telling us to do, but I found out that I literally liked it. And it was, I don't continue to lift. I hate to say this, but it's not so that I can live a long time for, for my kids. Uh, Well, they're telling you, the doctor's telling you that can't believe that your heart hasn't already exploded with what you do in your heart valve. It's, um, I lift, as I say, I lift for quality of life. I work out for quality, not quantity. As long as I'm alive, I want to be able to do the things that I want to do. I just can't imagine the day that physically, I mean, I know that eventually it will come, but I just have a hard time imagining someday. I want to go do something. I'm an African person. I want to go when I, my, you know, my, my physical limit says you can't do that. So I continue to do it. The other thing is I always, as I tell, tell mom, I'm, I'm old and I'm bald. I can't do anything about that, but I can do something about what kind of shape I'm in. And uh, I kind of like her and I want her to continue to think I'm hot. So rugged. She says you're ruggedly handsome, which you say is just code for ugly. 
you're ugly, but I love you anyway. That's what ugly, that's what ruggedly handsome means. You're ugly, no. but I love you anyways. To what you said about the idea of wanting to, you can't imagine the thought of like, oh, I want to go do something and not being able to do it. Cole and I recently ran a, a Tough Mudder, which is like an obstacle race. And we were out there running it. And I, I made a comment like, oh, it's funny to see some people who like get these t-shirts made and it's like this really big deal and they're out there and they have their whole group and they're running it and we just kind of showed up and ran it and I thought but we are really abnormal to that idea that we wanted to go do this like on a weekend so we just we did we can't we didn't have to train for it we just got to go and run it and I realized like for them for some of those people it is the hardest thing they've ever done and maybe the hardest thing they'll ever do so I should you know cheer them on for that because it is a big deal um, but for us, it was just another Saturday, um, but it was really fun to be able to go do that. But we're talking about mixing things up. We've used the words like sets, reps and all that. And also the different ways of lifting you taking those long breaks between sets. I'm imagining, you know, you're lifting very heavy weights. I'm over here thinking, man, I'm not lifting heavy enough because I don't need that much rest between, but my goals for lifting are also very different. And so I'm not going to be lifting the same weights and the differences between lifting for size versus lifting for strength and things like that. Uh, yeah, I that is a something that I'm always amazed by. People that want to say they go to the gym with the idea, I'm going to start lifting some weight. Almost never do they lift enough weight. They lift weights that are comfortable. You cannot, <laughs> this is going to sound really encouraging. You need to be uncomfortable. There need by the time you're getting down to your last couple of reps, you need it needs to be work. It needs to be hard. You need to be really putting forth an effort or a strain or something to do it. If you want to get the look that most people lift weights for, and I'm not talking about a bodybuilder, I'm talking about a physique. If you want to get some level of muscle size, you know, a little bit of an increase in muscle size and some definition and the, and the proper taper through, you know, shoulders, chest, waist, all that. You have to lift weights that put that challenge you. And most people don't, they just don't want to put forth. If it, the second it gets a little bit hard, then they just, they don't do it and they, they stop. That's, that's enough weight or that's enough reps. And you're never going to achieve what it is that you're looking for. When you look at the magazine and say, oh, I kind of look like, like to look like that. It's not going to happen. If you want to test yourself in that, just see if you are doing right, then go to do your set and just think, okay, I'm not going to have sets reps this one. I'm going to, this is the weight I've been doing. I'm going to lift to failure. And if you are going and it's like 20, 25, and you're not hitting failure, then you're probably not doing enough. If you're doing 10 reps or even 10, 12 reps and you could do more then you haven't done enough. Look, I'm not saying you're not going to get anything out of it. You are going to get benefit right. from it because I'm going to go back to what I started with. Something you're, is better than nothing. Do some, something's better than nothing, but you're not going to get what you are shooting for because you looked at that picture of someone in the magazine and say, I'd kind of look like that. You're not going to get that. So something is better than nothing. Right now, the gym that I'm at now is more serious people. But before that was at planet fitness. And in there, you would definitely see a lot of people come in that, you know, I would just be like, you know, good for them for getting here and starting somewhere. However, there's also the, you want to lift enough that it's hard, but you also don't want to sacrifice form for right. heavy weight. And then I would always in planet fitness <laughs> go, where's the line of like, 
correcting a random person's form is that is that good or is that frowned upon is that rude like would they appreciate it if I said hey by the way you're doing this totally wrong either you're gonna hurt yourself or two you're not getting any benefit out of this right. really and that comes down to usually you know muscle isolation and that's one thing that you see with um the difference between let's say a power lifter as opposed to a bodybuilder a bodybuilder is trying to isolate you know, the specific muscle that they're working on, as opposed to a power lifter is usually doing, you know, these, what they would call compound movements, where you've got multiple parts of your body that are involved in this in order to pull it off the lift, like a power clean kind of stuff. But you still, yeah, technique, as far as a rule, if you're a person like this, this would be my rule. If you've seen somebody in the gym that you go to, you know, several times they that's probably fair. recognize you, you yeah. recognize them and you see that they're doing something that's just really, they're not getting any benefit from it. Maybe they they might be in danger of hurting themselves. Then you might, you know, say something very gently, kindly to them. But yeah, I wouldn't be somebody I've never seen before. Just walk up and say, <laughs> you know, that's, Hey, can I give you a, but tip? there's a lot, but it, the same people that don't want to lift to the, the, where the, it's really gets, you know, takes effort are also people that you're likely to see that have really bad form. Um, and yeah. got, you know, you can't sacrifice, good, like you said, good do for not them, sacrifice go for going in. form for weight right. though, because that's where you hurt yourself and you're right. not getting at you think that you're, oh, I'm lifting more, but you're not getting the same benefit right. out of it because you're not. Right. If, yeah. if I swing the curl bar, I can get 20 pounds more than if I isolate the bicep, but I'm not getting the same amount of production for as far as work on the bicep out of it. Can we, all right, we enjoy watching the CrossFit games and things, but as far as the whole form thing and the swinging and momentum, I just want to rip for a second on the whole kipping idea when they do pull-ups and chest bars and all that stuff. My best friend CrossFits and it's great, but I just, when I watch that, I'm like, okay, they did 200 chest bars, except they did them all. You can't do that without sacrificing and kipping no but that's that's the thing see once they named it now it's a thing it's not a pull-up <laughs> it's kipping see so i don't have to use the pull-up form because it's not a pull-up it's kipping well that's like one of the things you have to look at is what is the what is the goal or the purpose of crossfit and a lot of times i would say for the people that i've talked to it's measuring how much weight you can move in a certain amount of time so it's very much power focused and right. so in order to it's pretty social too it is social yeah and that works for a lot of people yeah in maintaining uh, you know an exercise plan right because you're well, because you're working out in a group and it's also they're also their workouts tend to be short compared yeah. to what my workouts high are. intensity they call hit right. workouts and reagan got into it because it was free because the president, founder, CEO, whatever of our company is like really into it. So at every location of Western Digital, there is a CrossFit gym and it's free for employees to use. So she's like, well, free gym. Guess I'm CrossFitter now. As opposed to being a diver. I think yeah, one of the things that that's interesting that you guys are kind of touching on that I think is pretty important. And it's even something that I don't necessarily do super well, but if you are trying to get into exercise or you're curious what you would actually get in terms of benefit. Randy's touching on it a little bit. One of the things is developing discipline in what you're doing and pushing yourself past some sort of proverbial physical limit as well as mental. Um, Cause your body is such a beautiful machine that God made. And I think a lot of times it's, I would even say that exercise is more of a mental 
development than it is. It's physical at first, but the more you go along, I think it really does become a mental discipline. Um, and I feel like you guys mentioned in a podcast recently, um, the idea of like almost why you do exercise and the idea of talking about the verse that is, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's like physical training is of, of some value, but spiritual training is of like eternal value. And that's an interesting thing to look at because you could equate exercise and the benefit of it in other areas of your life. And it will impact and influence them in a positive way. And the simple fact of making a plan and sticking to that plan, making a routine out of it. Um, and also just pushing yourself past some sort of limit that you have. Yeah. If you can find discipline in something in your life in say one area, when you've, if you've struggled with, di with discipline, but you find that there's something that you enjoy and you're able to establish discipline in that one area, it will help you become more disciplined in other areas. Because the great thing about discipline is that it almost always is going to produce some benefit. You're going to see progress. You're going to see growth. You're going to see benefit. And so once you see that and then you think, well, if I transfer that into this other area where I need to see some growth, then you can say, well, I know if I do, it, it will work because I've experienced it in this other area. So yeah, physical training is of some value, but spiritual things, you know, are eternal. So you never want to get that out of proportion. But I, you know, it, here's something with Cole that I see is genetics. There's no overcoming genetics. Yes. Uh, if I worked out I like Cole works out, I'd be double body, the body fat I am right now. <laughs> because Cole has great genetics and gets really good results. And he looks good. He looks really He's good. Very toned. Thanks, for yes. But, I, but he doesn't work hard. This is okay. very true. They've worked out together. Work, yes. He does not work out he, about a fourth of, what, of the effort I put into working that, out. That is totally a valid point. Even when I went, uh, when I was at your guys' house before, went off to basic training for the army. At the end of training, when I got back, I was like, Randy's boot camp was harder than regular army boot camp because the exercises and intensity that we went there was astounding in comparison. So yes, 100% genetics factor in. Yeah, you can't, there, you cannot overcome genetics. And that's why you do calves every day. Yeah, calves are a tough muscle Mr. for Turkey anybody. Mr. Turkey legs. Because, <laughs> I mean, think how tough your calf is. You use it with every step that you've ever taken. It has worked your calf muscle. So to shock it and get it to grow, is is a challenge and there are guys who have great physiques except like they're calves and they go out they get calf implants it's crazy you know trying to get because it's all about symmetry if you're if you're For a physique, bodybuilder yeah. yeah it's about symmetry i wanted to point out the when we talked about different lifting styles and also you mentioned earlier that you know it's 80 percent what you eat i thought there is there's a reason that Mr. Universe is also not the same guy winning the world's strongest man competition. And they look very different. You know, if you are going for the physique and the look, um, yes, it's a lot genetic, unfortunately. It's like, so actually genetically, some people don't even have six abs. You cannot get a six pack because you don't have that many muscles and some people right. have eight and, and that's just genetic. And, and, but a lot of that also is the 80% what you eat. You can't, just say, oh, I'm going to go spend hours in the gym every day, but, and then I get to eat whatever I want and I'll still look great. That is not how it works. Uh, unfortunately, you could work out a few times a week, three or four times a week. And if you eat really well, really healthy, you'll, you know, get the health benefits as far as not being susceptible to some of the injuries or illnesses that come with age and 
if that's your goal, you don't necessarily have to spend hours in the gym every day. You can focus mainly on what you're eating and get those benefits. And we joke the difference between dad, you and I versus say mom and Cole who they work out and mom, mom always said like, I work out so that I can, you know, enjoy my ice cream, but she still eats very healthy. It's moderate. not, it's not an indulgent, but she right. does it so that she can enjoy those little things. And, um, whereas you and I are very much the, are you kidding me? I right. work so hard. I'm not messing I'm not it gonna, up. With I'm you. not going to throw it away by having a bowl <laughs> of ice cream. Right. Right. And that's something I want to point out. And that is so true at the level of intensity that most people work out, then they think they can go have this, you know, and eat all this food. People don't understand. Most people, when I see them working out, they maybe burned 200 calories yeah, that's in like that workout. A it banana. Is, right. <laughs> you go out and you eat one chocolate chip cookie after your work. You just threw your entire More workout than the away. Workout. Yeah. And people just don't understand that. People you know? always want the, what's the easy answer? The quick, just drink this drink and then do this workout. And right. unfortunately, people, that is not the reality. I um I do. It has really helped me hone in my nutrition by using an app and I use my fitness, my, my pal. fitness pal. And what it really taught me, what I understood better was portions, portion control, because what I thought compared to most people, I would eat what looked like a moderate portion. But when I actually compared it to what the actual portion was, even, even my moderation was still bigger than the actual portion the serving size that they, that right. you, would you look at the nutrition, your, nutrition facts right, and you think, right. Oh, this one serving has, you know, 110 calories, but you don't realize that one serving it's like 30 grams and yeah. you're eating a ton right. more. Right. It's yeah, exactly. It's, it's a, uh, it's 10 cornflakes. It's not, uh, it's not a whole bowl. I will say though, the, cause I used to use the, my fitness pal as well. And when I got started, it definitely helped me and all of that but you can become a slave to those things in which it was controlling my life. And at that point, I already had a very good idea of these things because I'd been doing it so long and learned all of that, that I no longer use those things because it is actually a detriment right. to me and leads to undernutrition. Right. Yeah. And that's a certain personality type that may struggle with that. And you fall into that category, but it's the same thing with, um, okay, got that. like budgeting when mom and I, you know, really lived by a budget for a number of years where we really like counting every calorie. We knew where every dollar was going. I remember over, dollars, money, physical money being put into envelopes, envelopes right. labeled and they're yeah. using once that envelope ran out, that was it right. for the month. I remember that growing up. And but then in once the you've done years. that for a number of years, then you realize, like you're saying with the, my fitness pal, I got a good feel for this now. I don't have to go to that level to control uh, our budget because you know you got a handle on it. I, I still want to put in my plug for if you're looking at an image that you say, that's what I'd kind of like to look like, something like that, then I want to point you to weight training. I just am a believer in weight training. You get the cardio benefit. You get the, you get the physique. It's going to affect your physique. It's going to give you that look that you want. It's going to burn uh, calories. It's going to burn fat efficiently. You do have to, and, and you can my play heart with rate nearly high enough. To, like if I, be, I get my might, heart rate way higher running. Like how, how high is your heart rate go when you run? Oh, when I, I like, I can get to one in the one sixties. 
See, for me, um, and I know this because uh, I've had to do a number of stress tests with the whole aortic valve issue and then and then the FAA as a pilot and stuff. They have something called a Bruce protocol stress test where you have to be able to reach. They want to see your heart rate at a, at least 160 sustained for a minute. I can hardly get there. I, it, is, it is so hard for me to get my heart rate to that level. Wow. Seven weeks after my heart valve was replaced, I had a hard time getting my heart rate to elevate that high because I, I, well, I'd already been on the elliptical for like a month at that point or more. But anyways, yeah, I had to really push it to get it up there. I mean, by the time I, by the time they get me to that, I'm on full incline running at full speed. One of the interesting things with that, Randy, is you said about 160. That sounds pretty accurate with just general knowledge that I've learned is, I mean, this is like something that I, I consider to be layman's knowledge, but maybe it isn't, is it's usually 220 minus your age, you know, being around 60, 220 minus 60, you're, you're at one, 160 being your max heart rate. And usually that's where people say you want to train within, you know, 70 to 80% of your max heart rate. But I also wanted to touch on when you're talking about uh, the importance or just kind of advocating for weight training, if you're wanting to obtain a certain body image, I think it's, I think it's really important to know how to get to where you're going and what your goal is. So if you can identify, you know, in your case, like I want to look like this, or I want to do this activity, it's very much advocated for specificity of exercise because right. a lot of times people will say, I want to do this thing. And then they will not be specific enough in their training, doing movements or lifting, you know, lifting a certain weight or eating a certain way in order to accomplish that goal. So it's really important to clarify what it is you want and then develop some sort of plan to get there. Um, and the reason that I bring this up is I think both you guys have a good way of logging and also uh, setting a plan where Cassidy can, can definitely chime in on this because I've said I've wanted to do a triathlon for so long. Oh my gosh. And you just sign up. You just have to sign up because then you yeah. know that you have to get ready. That's your goal. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily, and this is also speaks to how Randy says, like, I don't need to, if I did the same amount of work as him, I would be like, ex, like astronomically different looking because when you have that plan set, it really keeps you accountable to what you're doing where like, you know, I very rarely in my, um, I'll make plans for other people, but for myself, I have not necessarily pursued that path. And I don't know, I can't necessarily in this moment, figure out why that's the case. I think my, maybe it's a little bit of arrogance of just being like, I know what I need to do. I don't need someone else to like make a plan for me, but there are certain people where someone else developing a plan for them is of great value versus people like yourselves, you don't necessarily, you don't necessarily need a plan in order to um, like someone to develop a plan for you. Well, the internet, I am just a researcher and that I didn't have to go to someone to, Hey, I want to, I have this goal for my next marathon. It's this day. And how do I get there? I could have gone to a coach that'd be a lot easier, but I love reading and learning and studying. So I just went and did my own research and found the plan that I thought would work for me. I did personal training some uh, at the local Y here. And yeah, when Cole's talking about 
know what it is that you're wanting to accomplish. I designed different workout routines based on what the people wanted. First lady I remember I ever did, she was, she was a little bit older and she was meeting up with a bunch of friends and they were going on this like hike, a very moderate hike, a little bit of elevation change and all that. But she hadn't done anything in a really long time. And so we did things that would help her cardio and the stepping and the, and the stepping up and, 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 you know, the glutes and cord and all, yeah, coordination things. Those were the types of exercises we did. And another, another person wanted to do, get into kind of some power lifting. So those were the movements we did. I had a number of younger guys that wanted to train and get better fit for and strength for basketball. So we did strengthening specifically for basketball. I mean, so yeah, it's going to depend on what it is that you're wanting to do. The one thing I like about the weight training, the other thing I like about the weight training is that you, you can do so many, there's so many different exercises for the same muscle group. So you can have all this variety. You can experiment every day. You know, um, it is good to have a routine, but you can try things. If you just want to change it up, you can change it up. You can have a, a full body workout. You can do a three-day split. You can do a four-day split. You can do, meaning you know, how you muscle split your body groups. Yeah, you know, muscle groupings. I, I mean, for me at this age in life, there for a while, I was really wanting to um, burn a lot of calories, get a lot leaner. And so I was working out every day. And after, especially after surgery, I you know, was doing a lot of cardio, but I finally got to a point is where at this age, I can't do that much cardio and, and, then still lift tiny. The, and then lift the way I want to. And then I got to where I couldn't even put weight on because I was doing this cardio and lifting every day. So I've now gone. And so you, what do you do? You change, you can, you can change it up. I'm I, now I'm, I've cut back on the cardio and I do those on the in-between days. And, and I'm, lift, I'm only lifting every other day and I've gone to a three-day split rather than where I was on a five-day split and working out literally every day with cardio. And I, I mean, I could eat and eat and I wouldn't gain weight and I wanted to put some size back on. So, you know, you just change it up. So I, I'm really happy. My, I feel really good. I'm not as exhausted as I was. I'm only, I got more time because I'm only working out every other day and uh, you know, my strength is starting to go back up and I'm starting to fill back out again. And, um, you just, you can experiment with it. That's what I like. That's what I, what's so great about lifting weights as opposed to just going out and running around, you know, the lake. Yeah. But running the, the one nice thing about running and being focused more on that is it used to stress me out to travel and I, well, I'm at home, weight training is part of my regular routine, but it's nice. It's easy. All you have to do is take shoes and you can pretty much run anywhere. And now if I am going to miss, if I have to take a week off in the middle of my lifting routine, it doesn't really bother me and I can get back into it, but I, I can still run wherever I go. All you got to do is bring your shoes. I wanted to comment on one thing Randy said in the sense that when he went to more cardio and he got smaller, he, his goal was you know, different at one point, And then it changed back to be like, Oh, I don't like this. I'm going to do something different. Physiologically, I'm going to get in the weeds just for a second with this is your muscles only have, um, they have different fiber types and these fiber types have different physical attributes. There's type two fibers, which have two subsets, but those ones are more of the explosive power. And you these actually, the, they call fast twitch, fast twitch. Okay. Exactly. They're anaerobic, which simply just means they don't use oxygen and, um, they fatigue very quickly. Um, and unfortunately for Randy, as you get older, you lose these, but I think in Randy's case, he's superhuman. So, um, he has been able to maintain that. And it's also 
as you age, if you don't use them, if he, he continually develops them, he's less likely to, to lose them as he ages. With that also being said, the fiber type itself is larger. And so you can't increase how many fibers you have, but you can increase the width um, or the diameter of that fiber. And so that's why certain bodybuilders look the way they do versus some runners. Like runners are very thin, not that they're not strong, but the, the slow twitch fiber, the type one, that one is, it uses oxygen. It's really good for aerobic activity, but it doesn't necessarily get that much bigger. And each muscle is a combination of these different fiber types. And you can train certain fibers to be like another fiber, but only so much. And so that's why specificity is super important because if you want to do something, your body will adapt that type of muscle to be a certain way. Certain muscles are more uh, that, you know, like your core, it's more of the type one because it has to maintain your posture throughout the entire day. So you have to look at what it is your goal is, and then that's some of the physiology behind it. One question I had earlier, you talking about muscle groupings, and you also mentioned at one point you could do full body workouts, but a lot of the reasons that we muscle group is so that you're, you train a muscle group and then it rests for however many days. So say if you were going to do a more full body workout styles, you're going to want to take more full rest rather than just doing a different group of muscles. Right. So how many days or what is, if you really train a muscle correctly, what type of recovery does it need before it it can be trained again? When you say a full body workout, do you mean you're going to work out every body part on the same day? Obviously you can't work it out to the extent that you would. Right. And I was going to say, if you're going to do a full body workout to where you work out biceps, triceps, chest, shoulders, legs, abs, you know, all on the same day, you're going to do, you want You're going to do less exercises per body part. You're going to do plyometrics. You're going to do, yeah. And you're going to do less, (laughs) you know, less exercises, less sets. I mean, you probably want to do about two exercises three sets. I mean, cause you're going to work your whole body and then you're going to need at least a day. What I would do probably is I'd probably take a day off. Then I would do a day of cardio and then I would do the full body workout again. So I'd only be hitting the full body like every three days with a rest day and a cardio day in between. For me, when I was doing a, like a five day split, then I did one body part, you know, right. one day was well, I always do chest and, and triceps together because when you do chest, you use your triceps so much, you don't want to make it a separate day. So chest and sh- so legs one day, chest and triceps the other day, biceps another. Yeah, a lot uh, of people you know, group biceps and back. Back and lats and then, and, and yeah, and shoulders. So, but now I'm doing, you know, now I got a three day. So I got, uh, I got, I got shoulders and legs, uh, chest and triceps, back and lats. And I'm off every day in between. So I'm still only working each body part like once every six days. But I do a lot of exercises yeah. and I do five sets of, of everything I do, which again, different people, different people find out that three or four sets is the right number for them. For me, I found much better building my physique to the look that I want with five sets. I get much better hardness in the muscle and definition with five sets than when I was only, when I've only ever done three or four, which, you know, I wish that wasn't the case. I wish I could get away with four sets, but I just get much better results with the five sets. You have a lifetime to do this. That's another, another, you know, one of these keys is like, I don't have to do this. I have a lifetime to do this. 
So I can experiment and I can learn. And I probably should have done a lot more of that a lot earlier in, in my, you know, in doing this, I'd probably be far along, but I'm, I'm kind of like you to a degree, but not as bad as obsessive as you is where I feel like this is my workout. And if I don't do this, then I won't get the result that I'm, you know, I have to do this workout. So I was never in my earlier years, never open to his experimenting as much as I probably should have. There's a fear of trying something different and it doesn't work. And then it sets you back. But I think right, you feel, right, one you of feel the like things wasted a day. Yeah. One of the things to remember though, is also if you're in the shape that, you know, us in this conversation are that trying something even for a week and realizing I don't want to do that is not going to set you back. Right. Like the shape that we're in, you'd have to go quite a while before you really saw detriments to your, for your fitness. Yeah. Due to an injury or after my surgery where it's like a month goes by and you haven't been able to, you know, and rarely have I gone over, you know, a month without working out, but a couple of times I've had to, and I, I still look pretty good after a month. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm still pretty happy with how, where, where I'm at after a month, as far as looking in the mirror. And that's when your nutrition really shows you the effects. I two points on this. Uh, one of them is in terms of atrophy or the loss of muscle that usually sets in after about two weeks. Unfortunately, it takes like six to eight weeks to actually get hypertrophy or the growth of muscle and then two weeks to get rid of it. So what the heck, God, why does that have to be that way? Uh, why not the other way around? But the other thing that we were kind of touching on was with rest. And I actually completely agree with you, Randy with your idea of, I mean, I mean, God talks about Sabbath. That's important. We need to take days off um, and rest. And obviously this is in the context of the physical aspect of it, but this could be a lot more said about Sabbath and not just in the context of this. And uh, I don't want to misconstrue that, but um, that rest day is important. And then also having that cardio day, that cardio day can actually benefit you a tremendous amount because it's getting extra circulation of blood to that muscle that is going through the process of rebuilding. You know, if you went to the gym and you did three days in a row of the same exercises, you're never giving that muscle time to actually rebuild. You're just constantly breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down. And you can yeah, you'll, actually get, one thing, you'll actually get weaker. What, if you don't know, when you weight train, when you are exercising a muscle, you're actually tearing the muscle fibers and then they repair back larger, stronger. That's right. That's why the muscle grows. Right. Muscle grows because you've torn, you've broken it down and now it repairs. And when it repairs back, it, it gets bigger. So you have to give it time to do that. If you actually just lifted the same muscle day after day, you'd get weaker and weaker and weaker. And the rest day also makes your next day when you do work out stronger, more efficient because you have more energy to work harder. Right. I want to say about that, and what Cole was touching on with the rest, it, the physical is uh, obviously that's a scientific fact about, you know, how all that works, but you do need, it does become very emotionally, mentally draining when you are just doing it day after day after day, you really do need that mental emotional break from it to come back then, you know, after a day off and do it again you will feel fresher. You'll be able to focus on your uh, exercise routine better, which I find is a big deal. And even after all these years, I have to be purposeful and make sure that I'm focusing on each movement or I will not do it properly. A lot of it, I find myself with, with core exercises where I'm just kind of going through the motions 
um, like say doing it in and out. I don't, you know, if I'm, if I don't make sure and concentrate, I don't go all the way out and lock out to where it really puts that last little tension on the muscle. So that takes concentration and you have to be mentally fresh in order to be able to do that because there's a big difference between doing the exercise properly and getting maximum benefit and just going through the motion that looks like the exercise. Yeah. And that that harkens back to what you're talking about using momentum in certain exercises versus isolation and isolation is going to be far better on the long term, also for your joints, because your joints are going to take the extra stress if you're not isolating using your muscles. On top of that, the other good thing about rest is, and this is more towards, you have to look at yourself as like a whole being. You have so many different aspects, physical being just one of them. Um, but within that physicality, you have to look at your hormone response as well. Within the endocrine system, you you have different hormones that are released during exercise and if you're constantly in that elevated state, your body eventually will fatigue and uh, will not be able to meet the demands that you're putting on it. And that's when people can push themselves to a physiological limit that's unhealthy at times. And so that rest day is, is more than just, you know, muscular rest. It's also hormonal rest. That's interesting on the hormones. I don't know about male is for male, but I know for women, uh, that overtraining, there is uh, a syndrome, female athlete triad is what they call it. But a lot, a large portion of it is a hormonal imbalance due to overtraining and your body will stop producing certain hormones. And I know it affects women's uh, menstrual cycles and that plays a large part into bone density. And so a lot of women who, and that's on a total another on a total other note, people who go through hormone replacement treatment, young, you know, the transgender thing, but uh, it, it affects bone density and uh, and then leads to osteoporosis, which is already uh, an issue for women. Yeah, if you've gone through menopause or anything like that, that's a problem with anything that's disrupted your uh, menstrual cycle. I would just so strongly encourage you to supplement with good quality and the things that you need to make it effective with calcium, obviously, because I know people that have osteoporosis and it's just, it can just be devastating. And if you're working hard, you know, exercising rigorously, regularly, also there are other things you should make sure you're taking to like iron supplements and um, things like that as well. I will say, yeah, I, on the topic of osteoporosis, weight training, weight bearing exercises helps improve bone density. So if I'm never going to have fragile bones, <laughs> I've been weight training for 35 years, but yeah, basic things like, uh, just to keep yourself from your, uh, system being so over fatigued that you start picking up every little germ that comes along vitamin C, vitamin D zinc, you know, those are the basics that you should be doing on a regular basis just to keep, because you are depleting yourself when you're exercising. So in order to keep from yourself from becoming vulnerable to different, uh, you know, germs and viruses and stuff, you should do those basic immuno building type of supplements. Well, if anyone is stuck with us this long on this topic specifically, they must really be interested in fitness or getting fit. <laughs> so uh, just on a last note, if you're someone who's looking for motivation or looking, wondering where to start, there are tons of stuff out there. Just uh, get the app couch to 5k. If you're like, I don't know where to start at all. Or uh, if you're looking for motivation and you don't know how to get motivated, go look up the documentary Iron Cowboy. 
and you'll be motivated to do something. I don't know what, but it'll motivate you to do something. I would just say if they want to leave us a comment in some way that we could reach out back. I yeah. mean, I, I love talking about this stuff. I, I'd talk with anybody about what they, you know, all day long. So I'd be more than happy to uh, give, give you some uh, input if you're interested. And Cole already pointed out, he enjoys making plans for other people, though he doesn't do it for himself. So there you go. This is true. I think echoing Randy, I could have, I held my tongue many times because obviously I can get into the weeds physiologically because I enjoy this. And I could have made this episode way longer than it, <laughs> like in the two hour range. Um, but with Cassie Joe was Rogan. saying, yeah, you know what Cassie was saying about Iron Cowboy, I think it's just important to find, and even with the Tough Mudder that she mentioned, it's finding what's difficult for you so that you can grow. You know, what's your, what's your difficult, what's your hard um, and, and going after and finding what that, that goal is or that peak and then finding a new goal after that. Well, I forgot to mention it the upfront, but like, follow, subscribe, wherever you get podcasts, share, comment, all that jazz.